<laughs> I, I wasn't can, breathing. No, I, exactly, and this is funny because I can see how nervous you are. You were literally just laying, you were just eyeing the recorder and not even moving an inch and not even breathing. And I promise you, this is a very, no, very yeah. chill environment. I'm good. I'm ready. I, I I'm going to get into it. And I can't, I'm not even going to say what the first thing you're going to say is when the episode is over. But since I've done this so many times, I'm positive you're going to say one of three things okay. once this is over. But <laughs> with that being said, welcome everyone to another episode of go with the flow at this point i've really lost track of how many episodes that i've done i'm just kind of banging them out and then i take long breaks because i was in nigeria last week from wednesday to monday which very fun went for my dad's 60th birthday party but i don't recommend making such a very long trip for such a short amount of time just plucking yourself out of the school ecosystem and then coming right back when you have so much work to do and so much else going on but it is what it is that's a topic for maybe later in the in the podcast maybe for a different day who knows but without with all that being said finally to my guest as always very special guest in the building <laughs> anyone who takes the time out to speak with me is special and has a special place in my heart but my friend isabel balson is in the building welcome to the show isabel thank you so much i'm it, excited to be here isabel slash izzy i'm gonna say izzy the rest of the episode that works it's about three syllables that's yeah way too it's a hard. mouthful yeah i could do two i can't do three okay that's why i'm flow it's one instead of three full name's actually five too much going on <laughs> but the way that i start every single episode i ask my guests to introduce themselves mm-hmm. tell me where they're from stuff they do around campus and then just any other general introduction that they would want the people to know yeah okay uh my name is isabel many people call me izzy so yes uh i'm from boston massachusetts um just outside the city actually i feel like sometimes if I say, like, Newton, Massachusetts, it's too specific, but then I say Boston, and people are like, uh, the city, and I'm like, no, I, but it's fine. So, yes, I'm from the suburbs of Boston, Massachusetts. I um, live there most of my life. Um, on campus, I'm a philosophy major. Um, certificate's still figuring it out. We'll see. How can I, you still be figuring out your certificate <laughs> as a second semester junior? Yeah, I mean... There were like something, basically this was a gap year issue that I like uh, thought I knew what I wanted to do and then, and then I didn't. But yeah, I mean, when I say still figuring it out, maybe, maybe that means I'm not figuring it out, but. So like you're not going to get one or. We'll see. There are still some that I can get based on the classes I've taken. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. And what else? What else? I dance, which I think we're going to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm in Diziac, which is awesome. And I love that. I also give tours, which is fun. You're in Orange Key? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I have questions about that. Oh, I, I wish I knew that coming in. Okay, well, pre- you okay, know. I'm going to prep those questions on the spot. Amazing Orange Key. Cool. I, got, I got questions about that. Okay. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing that since freshman <clears throat> year. So one of my favorite things. Um, what else? I've also done like a bunch of community service stuff with Community House. Um, and I coached a youth basketball team this year. Basically just really like working with kids um, in general. And then also do... I have done some stuff with Princeton Students for Reproductive Justice. Mostly my friends just run that club and they do an amazing job. And sometimes I go to their stuff because they're doing really cool work. And what else? You um, don't have to say anything else. You said a lot. Oh, okay. Shit. I was like, God. no, I mean, if there's more, please let us know. But that is, again, like most Princeton students involved in a lot because yeah. you come in here to take advantage of so many of the exactly. resources. But first thing that I want to start with. You coached youth basketball. What was that through? Yeah. Um, so I have a friend who 
one Saturday, you know, at brunch showed up and was like, oh, I was just, you know, coaching this basketball team. Is it Boyd? Uh, it's Boyd, okay. yeah. Uh, I was like, my friend who will remain nameless. I don't know why I was being serious about that. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh my God, why don't I do that? And I, it's basically like just Princeton Rec League. So it's run through the town, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and they just need volunteers to come coach. Uh, my team was fourth and fifth grade boys, which was really, really fun. Um, as I mentioned, I love working with kids. Um, those kids are of an age where I feel like they're still little enough that like everything is fun. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, it was so low key. It's just Saturday mornings, but I had the best time and I, I played basketball my whole life before coming here. So it was really fun to like, you know, be able to see things from the other side and, Most importantly, working with kids, all that's great. Them having fun, all that's great. What was your team record? Yeah, okay, my team was really good. So I actually had to miss a couple of a couple of games, but we were the best team in the league in the regular season. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, green team, uh, which was awesome. (laughs) And then actually, um, the playoffs were single elimination. I had to miss the first game because of spring break. Uh, but we won. And then I had to miss the second game because it was the week of the Deziac show. I'm sensing a lack of dedication to no, your team. No, I was so dedicated. <laughs> I was so dedicated. There was a lot going on. Um, but the second game of the playoffs, we actually played Boyd's team. And we had beat them by 20 points earlier in the season. Um, but we lost. Uh. And I wasn't there <laughs> to cheer on my kids. I regret it every day. Um, but apparently, this is kind of funny. Apparently, like, everybody hated our team because we were the best. I didn't know this during the season. Um, but apparently, like, Boyd's team started coming back towards the end of the game. And all the other kids from the other games, like, rushed into the gym. And they were, like, down with the green team. Um, which is really sad. But, yeah, I was I was prepping for my show, so I couldn't be there. But I'll definitely be back next year, so. True, because again, did you mention that you are class of 2023? Oh, I didn't. Yes. So true. We'll ask you about that, but yes, you are OG class of 2022. Yes. One of the good ones that we lost to the class of 2023. Yeah. Took a gap year, so you will will be back next year. Indeed. But that's a fun fun thing. That's something that I, again, I, this year especially, I really don't do much extracurriculars, but. I mean, we're in the middle of your extracurricular right now. But I don't count this as an extracurricular. Like, it's not even on my resume. You should put it on your resume. It's pretty cool. You're right. Maybe I should. I mean, you also have a job. You're right. So you're fine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Maybe when I'm updating my resume one day, I will put it on. But I don't look at this as an extracurricular. It's just something that I do for fun. Okay. And I could do this every day for the rest of my life. I'm like, this is so fun. (laughs) One day I'll figure out how to make this pay all the bills and then we'll work from there. But from now, we're still going. But I had a friend um, sophomore year who did that pre-pandemic and I was about to do a similar program where they actually played the games in Dillon. Yeah, they used to do it in Dillon. Oh, so it's the same? Same program. Okay, okay, fair enough. I think it might be just like COVID restrictions restrictions. at Princeton. So they play now um, at the Hun School, which is like 10 minutes away, which is actually also where my parents got married, which is funny. What? Why did your parents get married at the Hunt School? Um, Are they, did they meet there? No, uh, they met at Princeton, actually. Okay. Um, and, like, had a lot of family in, in New Jersey in the area, so. Um, and my uncle was teaching at Hunt at the time, so, I don't know. They have, like, really pretty spaces there, I guess. My parents wanted to get married in the area, so. Prettier than Princeton itself? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't but where would you actually get married if you got married on Princeton's campus? In, in, in the chapel? No, they want to get married outside. <laughs> oh, good question. I think... You, hmm, the, what's, does our garden have a name? Prospect, Prospect garden. garden. I feel like there's a way to fit, you probably can't fit too many no, seats yeah. in there, but I feel like there's a way to a do few. all that. Or, or if you have enough clout or pull, you could definitely shut down in front of Nassau. 
Yeah, that's a whole, like where they like, do graduation. Where they do graduation. But I think it would be too, like I wouldn't want to be overshadowed by the university on uh, my wedding day, uh, you know? Fair enough. So. Fair enough. Would you get married at, at Princeton? No, I got to get married in New England. Yeah. You, how do you already know that? What if you meet the love of your life today at Princeton University? We can get married in New England. What if he doesn't want to get married in New England? He will. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm not worried about that. Did we have we had the did we have the the um, wedding song conversations? No. Okay, never mind. Because I um I already have my wedding playlist made. Okay, and, and what and what if you know the lucky girl doesn't want that wedding exactly, playlist? Exactly, and that's what I was getting at. Is the way you're so certain that you are going to get married in New England? I maintain that the only two things I need to control about my wedding mm-hmm. will be what I wear sure. and my outfit change. What about who you marry? Okay. okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, about the wedding date itself. Okay, outfit, yes. and outfit playlist. playlist, and yes, who I marry. Okay. Other than that, all up to her. Yeah. Guest list, location, just tell me day and time okay. to show up. And I like that for you. It's the same with the with the New England wedding. I mean it's the same with most with most things. I think all you know, I know what I like. So You know, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Do you oh, and this is another I haven't talked about this in a while. There's some statistic that i don't have off the top of my head mm. of the amount of princeton people oh who wait did you say your parents met here they did yeah okay perfect right right along those lines yeah. your parents met here got married and there's a statistic of a stupid amount of princeton people who meet each other and get married here mm-hmm. it's like a stupid stat yeah at reunions freshman year some alum said it was like 70 percent. that was he was just no, that's cap. that was capped yeah but it's still a surprisingly high amount yeah do you think you've met your husband or partner, I'm, I'm not going to assume no, anything. No, no, yeah, fair, fair. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I can't, you know, I can't say either way. You never know. No, I think, like, something that I always <clears throat> think about when I hear that stat is, like, I assume that it's people who met, like, during undergrad and started dating during undergrad. Um, and I actually think there's probably a really large percentage of people who, you know, went to Princeton at the same time but didn't know each other or were friends and started dating later. So I'm not going to say, you know, unequivocally I have not because... Great word. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen, you know, 10, 10 years from now. Um, I don't think so. Okay. But, you know, I'm... I'm I'm open to anything. Again, Who knows? Yeah, I agree. You, you never know. I don't think I've met my wife. You don't? Here. I don't think she's I feel here. like maybe you have. Maybe because I talk to so many people that the right. net is the, just yeah, that the wide. Perc- yeah, the chance. And I also feel like you're, you know, you like talking about soulmates. And, like, I think of you as, like, you're plugged in on that issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Maybe you have. Maybe I. We'll see. Again, I'll check in. No, I'm excited to find out. Ten ten to fifteen years from now. But okay, one thing that you mentioned um, that I want to ask you about. Also, moving on to the next topic. Yeah. Orange key. Yeah. Which is something I thought about doing it. I went to one interest meeting, and then they gave me so much shit that I had to learn. I was like, no, thank you. That was when I was freshman year. I actually getting drowned academically so i didn't want True. that extra burden when you were pre-med when i was pre-med engineering <laughs> exactly different world different life uh lifetime why is that something that you wanted to do yeah um so like a backstory that nobody asked for one thing that i wasn't anticipating this is, first of all, this is a podcast this is literally all four <laughs> backstories True. True, true, true. okay cool i'm, I'm on it um <laughs> One thing I wasn't expecting when I came to Princeton was how competitive the extracurriculars were going to be, because obviously I think it's important to, like, not just do school all the time, um, but sort of finding my place in terms of what I wanted to do outside of classes took me a while. Um, So I tried out for a bunch of stuff, freshman, fall, and everywhere. I was like, no. Like, I I mean, acapella, club volleyball, like... Damn, the club volleyball team cut you? Yeah, they... To be fair, I'm not very good at volleyball. Uh, Um, uh. Um... 
but it's okay. It's cool. I mean, I was just, you know, I was just trying things out. I was like, I was young and naive and energetic. Um, I but, remember those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but tour guiding was the one, like, none of those, I was upset, obviously, like, getting rejected sucks. But none of those things was really, like, super core to my identity. So I wasn't like, oh, I define myself as a singer or, like, I can't believe I'm not going to get to do acapella. I was like, you know, it stinks, but it's fine. Um, tour guiding, I feel like, was the first thing where I was like, this is sort of how I think about myself. I think there's like, Interesting. I think lots of, lots of different personality types could be a, a good tour guide. Okay. Um, but I think like the stereotype of like enthusiastic and extroverted and whatever, like a lot of those things, yeah, do yeah. apply to me. Um, and I did tour guiding in high school as well. Um, I just, I a think it's like a really good opportunity to connect with prospective students, um, which is awesome. And I also think just like selfishly, um, it's really useful for me to have an opportunity once a week to like step back and think about why I do love Princeton. It's really easy to get bogged down in readings and stuff, um, you know, over the course of any given week. And then when I give tours and people are asking me questions about, you know, why it is that I, that I like to be here, it sort of forces me to reflect in a way that I think is really healthy. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of work for sure, but that was the first <clears throat> thing where I was like, I want this. I was like, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to get it. Gotcha. Um, and, and, and it was good. Yeah. And knowing you, I, it makes sense. I had not thought about what type of personality matches up with being a tour guide, but yeah. I look at you, I look at the role of a tour guide. It's a perfect match. It makes, it makes, one might say soulmates. Yeah, <laughs> me and tour guiding are soulmates. Are, are, are soulmates. And that is a thing that, again, this back to me being lazy, I didn't want to do the work to get it. Yeah. But I think if I did it, I would have had a lot of fun with you it. You would have been great. And been really good at it. And yeah. so that was one of those things where it's like, ah, whatever, like you can't do everything. But right. I think it would have been fun to be a tour guide. For sure. And and then also selfishly, when I started this podcast, um, I think that would have been a perfect opportunity to just plug it every single time there's yeah. a prospective group so of students. True. Because I also I think this is a great resource for prison students, I think, but the next best group is prospective students, incoming students. Definitely. And so when I was thinking, ah, how do I grow this podcast? I was like, ah, if I was Orange Key, this would be a way where every single week I'm meeting people from wherever. Yeah. And that's just going to expand. They're going to come here concentrated, spread all over the world, right. and then do their thing. So. And people are also like very thirsty for information about Princeton. Yes, which is the most frustrating part about not being able to like find the right niche or find the way to get this to the right people. Yeah. Because this is. And. I don't care what this is the content's good. The advice, the whatever, everything's there in the podcast and it's just about not being able to get to the right audiences. Yeah. So yeah. It that is makes sense. it is what it is. What's the craziest question you've ever got? Oh man. I don't like nothing too too crazy. I just feel like what surprises me is the and maybe we'll talk about this later with with admissions and stuff, but um the amount of times that people ask me like to give them advice on how to get in here. Um, and I'm like, I don't like the whole thing. It's like, it's such a crapshoot. Like it's exactly. become such a crazy process. And I think people just, they have a lot of faith in the process, which sometimes I do think is like a little bit misplaced. And then also like they, their self-confidence gets so wrapped up in it. And like my biggest thing is like trying to proselytize that like you're, you're great and you're smart and you're everything, even if you don't get into Princeton. So. You you didn't answer the question because <laughs> I know you've gotten some crazy questions. Yeah, let me because think some about parents it. are so unhinged they don't care they're just gonna just ask whatever even maybe the students themselves usually I feel like it would come from the parents that's my guess but yeah just any any particular no, yeah, crazy the question. Are crazier. Um, let me think about it. Oh, I actually had, oh, this is kind of crazy. I had someone, so I don't talk about the fact that my parents went here on mm -hmm. a tour because I think that's like super. 
you know, mo- most people can't relate to that. And yeah. there's like complicating issues around legacy yeah. admissions and whatever, which like, that's a thing. Um, I one time had somebody like ask me straight up um, if my parents went here. And when I told them, when I told her that they did, um, she just like kept asking questions about it. Like what year did they graduate? Did both of them go here? Whatever. And it ended up that she knew who my dad was. Oh, okay. uh, and she's like, oh yeah, Andrew Boston, like we were friends, whatever. So I call my dad after the tour and he's like, never heard of her. Never heard the <laughs> name, never seen the face. And I was like, this is very odd. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of no, it. No, but it's, it's, it's very reasonable that people could have known him and he didn't know who they were. I guess. That's fair. That, no, that's more reasonable than you would think. I'm like, are you telling me you had a crush on my dad 30 years ago because he's happily married? Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> still shooting her shot 30 yeah. years later. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's the one thing where I just feel like some people would just be out of pocket with the stuff that they asked and it would just be interesting trying to be in that situation and answer answering but not answering at, yeah. the, at the exact same right. time and she kept like taking up so much airtime and i'm like people definitely have other questions like i don't want to talk about my parents on this tour so yeah it was weird yeah anyway. and with being a tour guide how do you is it the type of thing where how often are the the students asking you for your linkedin i feel like linkedin is probably the biggest one no people don't ask for linkedin they ask for my email usually okay um which i'm like you know, I'm reticent to give it. I just do it because most of the time they don't actually reach out to me. The weirdest yeah. thing was um, somebody asked to take a picture with me last week. What? And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like also unshowered and like, I was like, this is great. I'm so, where's this going to go? Um, but so yeah, I took a picture, but sometimes email. I won't give out my phone number. That's too much. Yeah, that's, that's, that's doing too much. You yeah. can follow me on IG. I won't follow you back. But. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, okay. And so we are now, what is it? The day I always, I'm, I always forget to say the date that we're recording because mm-hmm. it, it always comes out weird times. Like yeah. the episode I recorded yesterday is not going to come out for like three three weeks. Didn't say the date on that one, but it is what it is. Keep the but people in suspense. It is April. Oh, April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> April, you're actually, this is actually not, the podcast isn't going out. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. April Fool, whatever. <laughs> so the, uh, April 1st, um, 2022 is the date we are recording. And as we talked about a little bit right before we started recording, I feel like this is a very interesting point in the semester. Mm. for a few reasons one everyone's sick yeah but not with covid actually there's a lot of covid cases but just like the flu yeah all this other whatever is going on we're just a petri dish of disease on this campus a lot of independent work is due really soon mine is due two haircuts from now which is very soon is that how you measure time that i measure time in haircuts i get one every two weeks so yeah two two haircuts from now so it's due in three weeks um and there's just one reoccurring topic that i've been seeing and it is and when i say that i've been seeing high key tiger confessions is dominating the way that i think about (laughs) this campus but there's a not okay no and i saw this in some other group chat but covid obviously was just a thing wearing masks all the time masks are now no longer necessary on campus yeah and people are unhappy that there are people who are evidently sick not with covid who are not wearing masks yeah what is your take on that do you think people are always going to be wearing masks when they're sick or what what just where where do you what do you think about that topic yeah i mean it's an interesting question i think something that's funny is like we all just forgot about getting regular sick and so that's like something that we're readjusting to and definitely like every time in the next in the last two years that I've had like a cold or something I've panicked and I think that's like I had COVID a few months ago so that's starting to go away a little bit where I'm like right just normal germs um I I know that there was not a culture in this country prior to COVID of masking yourself when you were sick um I think post-COVID it's something people should think about I don't have a lot of faith um in like the U.S. as a whole for doing that (laughs) people are like you know 
whatever. People are crazy. Um, <laughs> but, but I do think like if you're sitting in a lecture hall or a seminar room with a bunch of people and you like probably have the flu and you're ha- hacking up along, like it's not a great excuse for not wearing a mask. I don't think it should be like mandated, but it seems sort of like a just general politeness to me. So yeah, I mean, if I have the sniffles, maybe not, but if I'm really sick in the future, I probably will put on a mask. Yeah, which is probably the responsible thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> but does that mean that I'm going to do it? I don't know. We'll I can, see. I, yeah, we'll see. We'll I see. Haven't, thankfully, I haven't been sick yet. Well, even when I had COVID, I wasn't sick. But haven't really been too sick in yeah. the last few weeks. Hopefully, I don't catch this flu that's going around. Yeah. But maybe if it's, again, like you're saying, if it's at the point where it's like, that cough sounds nasty. Yeah. Nose runny all the time, looking all nasty. Maybe then. Also, I could, you, like, you can cover your sick face, which true, is nice. That's, true, like, true, that's true. something that's been really funny in the last few weeks, um, taking masks off in class, where you just were habituated to the top of people's faces and you walk into the classroom and you like literally don't recognize anyone. Yes. 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 It's very weird. People never look how I picture them to look. Exactly. Said this a few episodes ago. Yeah. Because the masks take up the majority of the face, 60% of the face and the human brain is going to make up what they think the rest of that face looks like. And boy, oh boy, when these masks have been coming off, I'm like, Oh no, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. I feel like most people look worse actually. Than expected. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, that definitely means I do too. So I'll internalize yeah, that's that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I might need to put my mask on yeah. perma- permanently also. Um, and then also another contributor factor to this just weird period in the semester is how weird the weather has been. Yeah. We had a week or so or more than a week it was of a week, yeah. amazing weather. Mm-hmm. I got super sunburned two weeks ago. I was wearing my shorts every day, yep. t-shirts. I was like, oh, we're back every... I, I literally said to people, I'm like, I'm never, I'm not eating another meal inside an Ivy because we have our back patio when right. the weather's nice we eat outside right. over the last two weeks yeah, no. we are back in the in the depths of winter it yeah. feels like well i don't understand it no it is like it is tough and i do feel like in the middle of winter you kind of have like adjusted your expectations that you're like it's gonna be gray and nasty yeah. every day and so you like you get through it and you like you know snuggle up in your bed or whatever this is the time of year where i feel like it really gets to you because daylight savings here and we're like oh my god more which is, sun it which should is be so warmer. nice yeah i i will say not to be annoying spring in boston is pretty heinous and so i, I this is not not New familiar to, to me fair. like basically it's cold through march then it rains you know through june and then it gets hot and muggy um, and that's where you want to get married yeah i love boston <laughs> i can't really advocate for the weather but it's a great it's a great spot um so like i i would say i'm used to this but it still sucks and i'm ready yeah i was like i was literally like tanning two weeks ago and i got like a really bad sunburn um and now i'm like interesting it was snowing two days ago so. yeah i remember one day specifically walking out of my walking out of my neuroseminar and it was 4.30, and it's right by Pofield, yeah. and Pofield was packed. No, I was there. And my mind, I was for sure there. And in my mind, I was like, bet. Weather's yeah. good. Spring is here. It's Things happening. are good. The weather's good. Yeah. And then fast forward two weeks later, walking out of lecture, no one on Pofield because no, it's literally. that cold. So yeah. it's just a weird, weird little re- regression. Yeah. And then <clears throat> one thing for me that I don't, uh, just a personal thing that has been occurring probably since early high school, every school year, there hits a point where it gets just, that much harder to get out of bed and i think this week specifically was that for me where every time my alarm there was one day i didn't get up out of bed until 40 minutes after my alarm yeah which for me is like horrible i'm usually like actually for most people that's probably not that bad but you really i mean i also like pop out of bed yeah yeah usually i'm like alarm rings pop out boom yeah this day took me 40 minutes and even at that 40th minute i was like 
oh, do I really have to do this right now? <laughs> and so I've hit that point in the semester, which isn't great because, again, thesis do, is doing two haircuts. Is that something that, that exists for you? Yeah. And have you hit that period? Or when does that usually come Yeah, in? I would say, so the funny thing is, um, and maybe we can get more into the gap year stuff later, but, like, I kind of forgot about this whole, like, academic burnout thing that yeah. happens at this ah, point. Burnout, That's, is that what it is? I think so. Ah, I sense. think so. And it's funny because <laughs> last year I was, like, I was working pretty hard, but my job just didn't burn me out in the same way. And I would say, yeah, we're like, we're three quarters plus through the school year at this point. And I would also say this week was the week where I'm like, every night after dinner in the library, like, do I have to do these readings? Like, what will the consequences be if I don't? And I did. Because, and what will the consequences like, be? To be honest, we're getting these degrees. Guys. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm, I'm not as close as you are, so <laughs> I need to grind it out a little bit more. But no, I do really think... That's and, and the interesting thing is like sort of in conjunction with the conversation about the weather, like thankfully, I feel like the really intense burnout tends to coincide with when the weather gets nicer. And so you're like, yeah, it's tough and I'm tired, but like we're close and it's sunny. And when I'm taking breaks, I can spend time outside with my friends and like that sort of makes it better. And that's honestly, I feel like why the last week or two have been really tough because it's like the reward for getting to this point in the year has not been Impressive. of the magnitude that I was expecting. Um, so, yes, I definitely feel that. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully we are able to not hopefully the burnout happens every year, but we are able to push through. For sure, for and sure. again, three there's not not three weeks. There's maybe like a month left of school. There's not well, that much three weeks of class. Oh shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, three weeks of class and then finals. No, it's insane. The way I just had an existential moment of yeah, crisis. Sorry, realizing <laughs> that I have three weeks left of classes in my college career. Yeah. It's true. Moment of silence. But speaking of that, the, re <laughs> the reason that you don't have three months left or three weeks left is because you took a gap year. I did, yeah. And I'm forgetting what you did. First of all, can we just acknowledge that segue? I'm getting good at this yeah, podcast. Yeah, you are. I'm getting good at you this are. podcast. It's thing. very smooth. It's, hey, thank you. Um, uh, I'm for, We've definitely talked about what you did on your gap year, but I'm forgetting. Yeah. So please remind me. Yeah, okay. So the deal was... Decided to take a gap year, like, two weeks, three weeks, maybe three weeks before we were supposed to come back um, for our junior year. And Princeton was like, yeah, don't don't come back to campus. It's it's Zoom school for you. And I was just like, nah. I like, well, I don't know. I think this is probably relatable, hopefully, to other people. Like, I was not in the best place. Like, Zoom school in the spring had been really tough. Um, and I was like, there's so much that I'm going to miss um, in terms of, like, the full, like, holistic college experience if I if I you know choose to to continue doing school on zoom um it was a really hard decision for me to make I definitely I don't like deviating from like the well-traveled path and so um that was definitely not my plan but did decide to take time off uh caveat to that which we can also talk about is that my three best friends at Princeton also decided to take gap years which was a huge like you know, so that made me feel easier. way better yeah. uh, about the whole situation and, and ended up being like a really good thing over the course of that year, too. Um, so I decided to take a gap year. I had no idea what I was going to do for 12 months of my life, um, which had never happened before. Obviously, I've always been in school. Um, so I spent about a month. I moved to Princeton um, at the end of August. Yes, you did. Thank you for the karaoke machine. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, we, we had already rented a house um, for the year because we thought we would be we would be coming back. And so, you know, decided to carry on with that plan, moved to Princeton, um, spent, yeah, like the first five weeks of my gap year. Or so just talking to people and trying to find a job, um, trying to find a job 
in like late August, early September as somebody without a degree and like no skills <laughs> was an experience. But um, I ended up beginning to work virtually for a biotech company, which is based That's in really Boston. Nice. Um, yeah, but, but again, my job was virtual so I could be in Princeton and then later in the year elsewhere, um, which ended up being an amazing experience. The idea was basically like when I came to Princeton, I thought I was going to be a bio major. Um, ended up deciding not to do that because, like, I don't really like STEM. I really just like bio. Um, so pivoted towards humanities directions, which was the right choice for me. Philosophy, woo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I still really care about bio and about science. And so biotech seemed to me like maybe a good way to be near science without being a scientist. Um, and also being from Boston is, like, something that was highly visible to me growing up. Um, so I was like, cool, I have time. Let me try and see. And this company that I worked for, it's called Ginkgo Bioworks, um, sort of took a chance on me, uh, which I will be, you know, forever grateful for. I ended up working for them the whole year. Um, and it was a really amazing experience, like 11 months. This, oh, like a year. Count. Oh, yeah. Wow. Over the, over the whole gap year, I actually still work part time, um, oh. for them, which is a lot, but good. Um, Oh, I guess I On forgot to mention all that. Yeah, other activities that you do, you have a part-time job. It's very part-time. It's Insanity. extremely part-time. Um, so that was amazing, um, and and ended up being a really good experience. And I think definitely will like inform future future career decisions. But the nice thing about that was, so choosing to work full-time on my gap year definitely was a choice that I made. Um, and I don't regret it, but I also, there was so much that I wanted to do outside of just working and like mm -hmm. having a more traditional experience. And so because the job was virtual, it gave me some flexibility in terms of where I could physically be. Um, so, uh, lived in Princeton for the fall and then in the spring, um, those three aforementioned friends and I were able to do a cross country road trip. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. I, okay. See, I, these conversations. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking like every person who did a gap year is like, oh, my road trip. <laughs> Which um, to be fair is something I think everyone should do. I want to do a fucking road trip. You should. I just haven't had the time, but I need, I will make the Maybe time. Maybe this summer. I think that's. Do you the, know when your start date is? July 26th. Okay. That's pretty Yeah. So pretty I've. Early. I've Oh, but we end school in early May. I was about to say, I've heard some some earlier, some later. It's right about in the middle. That's actually kind of kinda nice. Yeah. I yeah. forgot how early we ended school. Yeah. yeah that's kind of perfect. Yeah. Anyway, that was great. And then I lived in California um, for like six weeks with my grandma. Shout out to Abra. <laughs> Shout um, out to Abra. Please she's center, my best friend. Send her the podcast. I will. Shout out to you. She'll listen to it too, <laughs> um, which is awesome. And then I was home for a bit and then lived in New York last summer. Um, uh -uh. So. Yes, which yes, I didn't we, know. We, we I, saw each other at the end of the summer. Exactly. Because I didn't even know you were in the city. I was flying under the radar. Yeah. I wasn't ready to, like, reintegrate with Princeton yet. I was kind of saving that. Which is fair, because it was very, very much so Princeton-heavy. Yeah. And I'm going to be living in the city. Well, obviously, I just said that. But with two non-Princeton guys. Oh, really? Which I appreciate, because, yeah. as you said, there's, it's it's New York City. There's always going to be hella Princeton right. heads there. And I feel like I need a little bit of a... Space. Space from that. Yeah. A little bit of a removal. Yeah. I would, Max and Andrew were the first choices, but right. Andrew Boston, Max's brother, so... This, Got it. I, I'm not mad at how things worked out. And is it high school friends that you're gonna... No, guys that I... That, funny enough, one of them, um, they're both from work, and one I met the last week there. Oh, wow. But it was... It was it's actually such a funny story. Um, this last day or second to last day, everyone will write thank you cards for a bunch of people that sure. you work with on your teams, whatever. And so I was standing in Target like three days before the last day of the internship, looking at the cards... Look over to my right. There's this other dude yeah. looking at cards. We make eye contact. You're like, thank you notes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and when I That's tell you, a meet cute. Do you okay. know about meet cute? No, please someone to meet cute. Um, like in a movie where like um, 
you know, the two main characters have some kind of, like, a coincidental, spontaneous meeting that, like, starts a relationship. So, like, I don't know. I'm stealing this from something for sure. But, like, you know, a guy and a girl in, like, a store that sells pajamas. And the girl's like, I only need the top. And the guy's like, I only need the bottom. <laughs> but, like, it works with friends, too. Yeah. And um, uh, me, oh, I, me, me cute. cute. That makes sense. Because the way I always talk about wanting to meet my significant other in a spontaneous manner. Yeah. I'm talking about a meet no, cute. No, you're, you're looking for a meet oh, cute. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But, so, we were like, yeah, cards. And then we literally spent the next, like, four or five hours talking. Very cool dude who I was like, if I met you day one, we would have been homies forever. Yeah. So talked that day. Obviously talked the next uh, few days. And then reached out to him, like, however many months ago. Like, you want a room together? And he was like, yeah. And let me That's just it. say, for whatever reason, asking someone to live with you felt like I was yeah, asking him proposing. to. It felt like yeah. I was It felt like I was asking for <laughs> the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. I, the way it took me, like probably weeks to be like okay like send this text bro like craft it's, the it's perfect craft text the perfect message. text like it's okay if you don't want to just like let me know yeah and i sent it in like two minutes he's like oh yeah i was like oh and you're like why did i spend so much time trying to be a chill girl when yeah. i was sending this text <laughs> yeah yeah and then this other guy who um reached out to me because we had mutual friends seems like a really cool dude haven't met in person yet but can tell he's gonna be a great guy cool so yeah that that's that's the room that's and awesome I, and i don't even remember how i got to who i was gonna be living because you're living in new york something about that new york uh yes yes new york road trip summer yeah. new york fun stuff i feel like we covered the gap year pretty much yeah we covered the gap year but <laughs> i like that you were able to do a little bit of everything sometimes i'm in princeton oh no because oh yes because i was saying i didn't realize you were in new york city yes. until the very end, end of the summer and then we got brunch the one time yeah but yes fun times it was new york was fun i loved it i'm definitely planning on moving there post-grad too so me too yeah just hang, <laughs> hang tight for a year and yeah. i'll come join <laughs> and so you are also in a unique situation where although you took a gap year and this is the, the exact same words I said right when before I started recording. You're close to circle. I'll take a gap year yeah. with you. But I feel like right, everyone right outside of that, maybe not your, like me, like friend, but not, yeah. I'm, I'm not your best oh, friend. Oh, no, all my I'm, other friends. Exactly. I'm not, yeah. I'm not Emily. I'm not, yeah, I'm not the whole squad. It's okay. But yeah, all your You're other friends, oh, oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> um, all your other friends are seniors and yeah. we will be leaving yeah. for the most part. What do you think next year is going to be like for you? Do you feel like you're just going to get sucked more into the friend group or going to be forced to branch out more? Just what, what do you think next year is going to look like? Yeah, for you? I, I think a really good question. It's like <clears throat> it's, it's hard to anticipate. I want to like start. I'm glad this is a podcast and most people can't see me in case I like cry or something. I think I'll be fine. So most people um, can't see you? In case I cry. <laughs> there's, there's a YouTube. Oh, true. If you cry, Hi, they, will, they will see you. <laughs> okay, cool. Maybe I'll get like memed or something. And this is the clip I'll make for TikTok um, if you cry. No, I'm not. Now I can't. Now I won't. <laughs> um, I just like, first of all, before we talk about next year, I have been thinking a lot about many, many people who are very important to me um, leaving this school and do just want to acknowledge that like those are the people that I started college with and like in some ways like you know mean the most to me and I am really proud of everybody like as people wrap up their independent work and like look towards the future I like yeah I'm gonna cry um and like regardless of what happens next year I do think it'll be good but there will be you know a lot that's missing um so I I do want to acknowledge that a lot of people I love are are leaving this this spring um in terms of next year I think like if I take this year as sort of like a model, I think I'll probably end up branching out more than I expect to. Um, the really nice thing about those three three ladies that I've mentioned a, a few times um, who are, you know, extremely important Say to their names. Shout them out. Yeah, okay. Rachel, yet. Chloe, and Emily, this one's for you. Um, 
that's like really foundational friendships. So I know like no matter what happens with other people, people coming and going, like those will be my sort of like home base relationships regardless, Um, which is really wonderful, you know, like to have that stability um, and that love. Um, But this year, I think all of us have made more friends than we expected. Um, Agreed. Yes, for sure. I definitely, I came back and I was like, you know, anxious about reintegrating socially at Princeton. And I was like, you know, I have enough friends already. I don't know if I need to make new friends, which is also like, have I ever met myself before? Like, I really thought I wasn't going to like, you know, branch out. But um, I've like made some amazing friends this year, like through just through Ivy, like all the juniors that I've met. Um, and then even like sophomores and some freshmen and, you know, like, so that's been really awesome. And, and I think like as much as next year, I'm sure out heavily rely on those previous relationships like it's really wonderful not to be able to predict um what's going to happen and who you're going to meet so yeah I think it'll be different but good that's what I'm telling myself like it's not going to feel necessarily like a continuation of of this year or you know of all my time with 2022 but I'm excited for it I think it'll be good and also like can I swear? I was, oh, oh, okay. yes. I, I, I almost just a few said, times, like, yes. I'm not going to give a fuck. And then I was like, I don't know if you're going to have to cut that. But we I won't. think the really nice thing about being a, a fifth-year senior is, like, even to the extent that I don't really care now about, like, what people think and I'm just, like, doing my own thing. I feel like that's going to be even, like, exacerbated next year in a way that I, I hope and I think will be really liberating, like, just using my last year exactly how I want to use it and, you know, all of the, like, insecurities and the anxieties of being an underclassman I do feel like have really you know, passed away in a nice way. And uh, yes, okay, so three different things that you touched on that you couldn't agree with. First is the very last thing about how as you progress through the anxieties that you have as a freshman, sophomore, when you're an upperclassman, you truly don't give a fuck. I'm like, (laughs) there's a different dynamic when you're a freshman, you're just trying to maneuver the whole place. There's some people established ahead of you in every single group that you're in. You don't want to tread on any toes, do anything wrong. And then you just progress, progress, and then you become a senior, you're like, why did I care so much before when I was younger? These people are three years older than me. Yeah. I, like, what are you going to say? Like, who's you going to judge me? Like, I, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, whatever you say. I, I'm like, not judging me, so whatever. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever you say, like, I will be more than okay. And something as simple as, and I was just texting someone about this the other day, speaking in the Ivy group me. Yeah. Where... So true. Some, it's funny how some sophomores are just bold. They don't. They come in. They're like, "Bets, I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want." Yeah. There are some people who are juniors and some like seniors even who are like, "I'm still nervous to talk in this chat." Yeah. But then it's I think as a progression, like I t- and I say this all the time. I speak in that group chat like it's a group chat of three people. Yeah. And it's a group chat of like two fifty. That's it's a fucking group chat. Everyone just talk. It's not that deep. And I think there's some people who I say progress and become older. They're like, "Oh yeah, like none of this is that deep." Right. Why am I worried about so many different? things that i've been worried about before yeah yeah that's <clears throat> none of it that none of it is that deep and then another thing you said um about making new friends this year i also, i didn't come in like i'm not gonna try to make any new friends i just was uncertain about how things would play out yeah. as simple as that didn't know if it would be easy to meet new people but exact same thing that you've been saying yeah I've made way more f- new friends this year than I would have expected. Me too. Which then I think about it, it's like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. It's college. <laughs> like, you have new classes, new clubs, new operating in new spaces. That Definitely. is the way things would naturally happen. So that has also been refreshing. And then third thing, which was one of the first things you said, is the pride of all our friends. Yeah. And what everyone's doing. And I don't think that is something that we sit and acknowledge enough. Yeah. We... Obviously, we go to prison, whatever, whatever. But in spite, who cares where you go? To meet people three, four years ago, we were all very different people back really then. Really different people. And to see the amount of growth that's happened for a lot of people, 
to see whether it's certain grad schools people are getting into. One of my friends just got into grad school this earlier this week, texted the group, like, oh my God, congratulations. Like, so proud. Yeah. The jobs people are getting, just all the different opportunities that everyone's going into. It really is beautiful. Yeah. And it does make you proud. And even some, like Jared's thesis that's yeah, happening. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going tonight. I'm so excited. Shout out to you, Jared. I'm going tomorrow, where I've known him since sophomore year, because we're part of a certain group together. Yeah. And knows like he's so into his dancing he's so into the arts and all that and then seeing just the accumulation of his efforts yeah being gonna get put on the stage the way he's being celebrated so much i'm like this is exactly how it should be yeah a lot of growth has happened everyone puts so much into their different unique fields and i think we should celebrate each other a lot more than we do and so it's just great to see that happening absolutely certain athletes good to see them celebrated like the women's basketball team it's just beautiful more love needs to be spread. And yeah. I've been very happy with the amount of appreciation that's been going around lately. Yeah. I think as a society, just as a world, we usually don't give people their flowers until it's too late. And so it's very cool to see everyone being appreciated as much as they are. So yeah. shout out to everybody. Keep killing it. Keep doing your thing. We're all, everyone, everybody's so special. And again, I can't wait to five, five years from now, 10 years, 20 years, just see where everyone's going to be because... I'm not worried about anybody's future. Everyone's trajectory is like straight up, straight to the top. Yeah. So, yeah, I also think like I agree with everything you said. And like uh, even one more caveat to that is like we our college experience, like our class in particular um, was like super, super disrupted by the pandemic. Like it was yeah. right in the middle. Yes, exactly. Um, and so just in terms of like growth and like things that everybody have gone through, like I think there's honestly there's like a lot of shared trauma I think like between people in, in that position and, and just seeing like you know the three and a half years that have passed since we began you know that seems like a lot of time under normal circumstances but then even like with everything that has happened yeah um I think it's like it's even more like gratifying to see, exactly. to see all of the good that's happening now and if there was one word I would use to describe our yardly resilience yeah because we truly have been and it really hasn't been easy and if you just like sit and think about it I know what we all had to live through it wasn't easy yeah but we're just able to keep going always look on the brightest side of things so again shout, shout out to everybody yeah. this is a just shout out, shout to, out everybody. to everybody shout out to class of 22 <laughs> exactly <laughs> totally especially yes love you guys um and first of all we've already done 40 minutes i'm not even <laughs> we're gonna skip the family dynamic we're not gonna talk about that oh my that. god that's the best thing is it actually wait yeah what are the what are the other things that are left dcx admissions day which are both going to be pretty like at least 10 minutes each okay. and then we still have to get to the other two segments unless <laughs> unless you want to do it, i'm fine doing a long episode let's do it i don't give a fuck yeah me neither fuck yeah oh, i can't right. cut out my family fair oh, i can't beautiful i love that sorry <laughs> david do you have anything after this oh beautiful let's keep Thank it going you. um okay so your family yeah you have how many siblings i have five siblings five siblings including yeah, two sets of two sets two of twins. Two sets um. of twins. This like the, the the statistical chances that this happens must be very low. Have yeah. you ever looked at the stats? Like what are the Yeah, odds? so um they're low. Okay. They're very low. Um I don't know. Uh, I don't think she will. I was going to say, I don't know if my mom is going to kill me if she listens to this. So, but I don't think she will. She's, yeah, pretty, she's yeah. pretty open about it. So <laughs> the reason that there are so many twins in my family is because of fertility treatment, actually. Mm. Um, they were not sort of like, you know, naturally occurring. So if you do like IVF or like similar. You can pick to have twins? You don't choose to have twins, but the way that it works, at least I'm more familiar with IVF in particular, is that you you implant multiple embryos um, oh. because they don't have like a super, super high chance of making it. So you increase your, 
you're, you know, you, you do increase your chances of having multiples of twins. Or I'm gonna have triplets. myself some twins. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but that's why they do it. And so yeah, that's it, it is like it is crazy, but also like there's a reason for it. So. Yeah. And so what what's the breakdown? Where do you stand in the six kids? Yeah. So I'm I'm between the two sets of twins. So I have two um, older brothers who are 25. Uh, one moved back to Boston this year and one is living in New York, so you guys can be friends. He's great. Um, and his girlfriend works at Goldman, actually. Oh, so. Yes, yeah. please introduce, introduce. Yeah. You know how I love meeting no, people. No, she's, yes. she's amazing, too. Um, and then I have two younger brothers who are 19. Uh, one is actually a freshman here, which is really awesome. Uh, super fun to get to share Princeton with him. We get dinner every week and, Aww, you know, wrap it out. Um, that's so wholesome. Yeah. And then the other one is a freshman at Dartmouth okay. um, and having a really good time there. He did a, a bunch of skiing this, this winter, so we were quite jealous. Um, and then my baby sister is 15, so she's the youngest one. She is a freshman in high school. She's a piece of work. Um, best person <laughs> I know. Um, so that's the, that's the deal. Just wait real quick. You said... 19 and 19, Dartmouth, Princeton, you, Princeton, older brothers, where'd they go? Okay. Uh, we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing uh, this. <laughs> one went to Princeton, so he was a senior when I was a freshman, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Uh, and the other one was at Harvard. Your 15 year old sister. Just, yeah. just a little bit of pressure to do the Ivy League thing? Yeah, just, I just mean, a little bit. I, I wouldn't say there's any explicit <laughs> pressure. Like, we'll love her if she does anything. Um, and I, I, I really do believe that. Um, I think the other thing to say, like, you know, three of us have gone to Princeton so far, and like that's just nepotism. Like our parents went here, so it's, the standards aren't as high as they seem. <laughs> okay, and um, the family dynamics of growing up in a family of six. I have two older brothers, so yeah. I don't. That's that's like I'm gonna say average. I'm gonna guess average is two kids, but yeah. three just feels Feel, not yeah. average. What is it like growing up with so many different siblings? Because even two brothers. When we're all, now it's different. We're all older, all more mature. We were all together at home in Nigeria this week, past weekend. It was all fun, like, beautiful. Right. But especially when we were younger, it's like all going through puberty and yeah. getting more mature and just <laughs> fighting all the time. What is, what is that family dynamic, especially growing up, growing up with that many siblings? Yeah, so I think the first thing I would say is, like, people are, when they find out about this are always like, oh, my God, what is your life like? And I'm like, it's just, well, for me, it's just normal. Like, um that's the only way I know how to operate is like in a, in, in a context with that many people. Um, I would say it's like as chaotic as you would expect. Like yeah. we all, we all really love each other. And like, I, I really like my family's very, very close. Like that's, that's true. Um, but it's so chaotic. And I think partially it's chaotic because we all care about those relationships so much. So if you choose to, you know, spend a lot of time with your family and engage and whatever, that's going to sort of breed chaos. Um, so it was like, I don't know how my parents did it, first of all. That's, like, the first thing to say. Like, shout out to my parents. Shout out like, to parents, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and it was, I think it was always just, like, probably what you would expect. Just, like, turn up the volume. Just loud. And, yeah. and like, so many intersecting dynamics between the different siblings. That's something I also think probably other people don't understand. It's like, Who's your favorite? I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I truly, it depends on the day. And that is like not a cop-out answer. Um, I don't know who it is today. I haven't talked to any of them yet today. So, um, so yeah, it's just like, I would say like happy chaos is, okay. my, is the way that I would categorize it. And so... Like I said, I have two older brothers, three siblings. For whatever reason, I've always wanted to have three kids. Yeah. I guess it's because there's three of us. Yeah. Do you also want to have a big family because you're a big family? Yeah. I'm going to say, like, a tentative (laughs) yes in a hypothetical situation, but it is a complicated question. Something I've been thinking about for far too long. Kids are Um, expensive. Kids are expensive. And also, I think as a woman, there's a lot of things that you have to think about in terms of, like, uh, trade-offs that you want to make between family and career. Um, 
And I don't know exactly how career stuff is going to play out, but I know that that's really important to me. And so I think in my ideal situation, I would have four kids. Um, but sometimes I'm like, maybe zero <laughs> uh, because it's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to think about balancing all of those things. And I, I, I know like, you know, it'll happen how it happens. And, and I think my parents really did do a wonderful job, but also my, my mom didn't work for 20 years mm. um, after she had kids. And now she works again. She's a badass. Um, it's amazing. She loves her job. Uh, but there was a big gap. And I don't know if I'm, you know, selfless enough to have, to have that 20 big year a gap. 20-year gap so. without, without, yeah, doing any work. Yeah, and you are right. And it's so interesting that even um, for my EGR class, yeah. um, 494, we had a guest speaker the other day. It was like a month ago. And she was talking about how when all of us ask, I think someone asked a question along the lines of what are the things we should be thinking about as we're going into our careers. And one of the things she said was who you marry. Yeah. And we're like, what? And she was like, well, yeah, you got to figure out, first of all, when you marry someone, do you want to have kids? What that dynamic's going to be like? Who's going to be the one to take the yeah. time off, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman? Because again, nowadays, it, sometimes it might not necessarily always have to be the woman. Right. But these are just the down the line questions and not everyone's really thinking about it because everyone's just like i want to have this many kids i want to do this i want to do that right. you're like f- feasibly yeah is it possible or are you going to be able to make it work as well as the as well as you want to right so yeah just these little things that as as 21 22 year olds we're not really considering as much but and really I feel like I, do matter it matters so much and i feel like my <laughs> issue is almost the opposite of like i'm so worried about that i'm so focused on that are you and already like, thinking uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah like i've been thinking about this uh-huh, issue of like kids and like having the right partner that's going to support whatever I want to do. It's Lucky like, me Izzy, too. take a chill pill, you know? Actually, you're right. No, you're right. Not that I, I don't, like, stress over, like, oh, my God, what the fuck's going Like, I'm, nothing's going to be okay. But I do think about it pretty frequently. Like, yeah. okay. And I think everyone has their ideal timeline for life. For sure. When you want to get married. Yeah. When you, first, even before that, when you want to meet the person. Yeah. How long you want to date. Yeah. When you want to get married. Yeah. How many kids? What years? So I, <laughs> I have an ideal timeline right. in my life. Yeah. Obviously, God's shit happens. Shit yeah. happens. Like things will probably not work out that way. But I do quite frequently think about okay, if I could plan everything, what what exactly um right. would I do? Right. So yeah. But look at we're so mature. I know. Is this is this maturity? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like maturity. It doesn't feel like maturity. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um I, what was the what was the term you used for like the spontaneous meeting of people? Meet cute. Meet cute. I need my meet cute to happen sometime in the next four years. I think it'll happen soon. I feel like you're moving to New York. Like I see it for you. Okay. I, I see it Keep for you. Keep me updated. I, oh, for sure. Every girl that I meet cute, I'm going to be like, is this the one? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, anything else that you wanted to touch on with the the family no, vibes, family I think dynamic? That's, you know, I think that's good. Yeah, they needed a little segment. They it would have been, been rude to just cut them out completely. Yeah. I, I'm, I, and also, if I'm gonna like make them listen to it, I'll have to be like, listen, because I mentioned your name around minute forty five. Uh, I didn't say their but, names. But and also, you don't tell them where. So, so they have to they listen to the whole the thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's 50 minutes in. So then at this point, they'll be so far and they're like, Ugh, I might as well just finish it. Exactly. I love that. Because what? seven listeners no eight with their grandma for this episode yeah okay. and i'll tell my other grandparents tell, too. tell the whole family everyone's listening <laughs> um and okay transitioning on to dziac yeah dancing because you are the first dancer that i've had on this show cool I'm and dancing here. is a bigger part of princeton's culture than i would have expected yeah i didn't come to university thinking that i would ever ever go to a dance show i've been to a lot yeah I have a lot of friends who are dancers yeah and first question for you 
when uh, did you get into dancing? Pre-college was DZ like your first time dancing. Just when did when did dancing start for you? Yeah, so I danced pretty seriously for my whole life until sophomore year of high school. So I danced at a studio in my town. It was highly time consuming and, and all of that good stuff. Um, sophomore year of high school, I ended up quitting because I was playing sports at school. Um, and my school was like half an hour from where I lived. Um, and sports were a really big time commitment. And I just, I didn't really have time anymore. Um, and so I sort of prioritized other things. Um, didn't think I would ever dance again. Then, like I said, when I came to college, it took me a while to sort of figure out what I wanted to be doing outside of class. Um, I, I took my time, tried different things. Um, and in my freshman spring, um, I was like really in awe of all the dance groups. I went to all the shows like freshman fall and like actually cried during my first <laughs> Easy Act show, which is super dramatic. Um, there was one piece that was really moving. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so I was like a okay. fangirl basically. Yeah. Um, and so I went to auditions my freshman spring. Um, and honestly, I was like, I'm just here for fun. Like, this is just fun. Like I have some friends in the group. I heard auditions were like a good time. Um, tried out. Uh, didn't get in, but like I wasn't doing it for real. So you'd think I'd be like, cool. Yeah, it was fun. But then I was really upset. Devastated. I was that's, devastated. That's I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I thought maybe like sneaky, I would just get in. And then I'd be like, oh, what me? You were cautiously um, optimistic. Yeah. So, but that didn't work out and I was, I was not happy. Um, and so I actually decided to audition again, um, my sophomore fall. And I was like, I'm going to care about it this time. You know, I'm going to like, um, I don't know try and do some workshops beforehand <laughs> or whatever. I don't didn't really do that, but I should have. Um, and like take it more seriously um, because this is, I decided like it was a way that I wanted to spend my time. And so sophomore fall, I auditioned again. Um, I got in, which was really exciting. Ooh. And um, yeah, the, the rest is history. <laughs> that is, first of all, beautiful, great metaphor for life. Yeah. If at first you don't get it, Keep doing it. Yeah. Try again, try again, try again. Indeed. Never give up. Never, ever give up. I love that. Um, there, yeah, exactly. And there's, um, even I think of some kids on club soccer who tried out two times, didn't get it, get on the third try. Yeah. If there's something you want, you just got to keep going for it and then eventually it'll work out for you. Yeah. Now, everyone's, your the timeline that is intended for you might not be the exact one that you right. think you should be on. So right. yeah, there's no, there's no reason to ever give up. What was it about DZAC that initially drew you to that specific group? Because there's a bunch of dance groups. And yeah, so... Loki, I can't differentiate a No, lot that's of them, fair. I mean, I feel like I can't always differentiate either because everyone's so talented. Like, and I want to go to all the shows and support everybody. Um, what was it about D? So, I... Actually, I got into DZAC and Body Height um, sophomore fall, which I was like, what the heck? I was so excited. <laughs> um, and honestly, like... The two between the two, I had the hardest time choosing because I was like, everybody is so talented in both of these companies. I would be so lucky to be in either one. It ended up coming down to um, I actually knew more people in body hype. My freshman year roommate, Julie, uh, was in body hype. So I knew a lot of people sort of socially. And I kind of just like wanted to meet more people. Sounds like me choosing um, Ivy over TR. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so that was like, that was definitely part of it um, is that I kind of like, I was like, I know I'll be friends with these body height people no matter what. And so like, I want to, I want to branch out a little bit. Um, I think the other thing was like, I was doing community service on Saturday mornings during that time period, like nine to 12 and uh, body height had company on Saturday mornings. And so I was like, you know what, if this is the thing that like allows me to make this decision, that's fine. So I was able to keep doing big sibs and hang out with the kids and then also 
uh, Duodesiac, which was really fun. Gotcha. And uh, another thing that I hinted at before this, um, the before I started recording, yeah. is this issue. And again, t- I love how Tired Confessions has become a source of just everything. Yeah, that's hilarious. Everything Princeton. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny. But I swear that every time around dancing auditions, yeah. there will be a section of people on, on Tired Confessions who complain about the fact that all these groups promote them I, I wouldn't know yeah i don't know i don't even know if this is true that y'all promote yourself this way but according to allegedly uh, these these confessions say that the dance groups promote themselves as accepting people from all different skill levels and that they find that this is not necessarily the case and you need to be such a highly experienced dancer to even get it and so maybe these groups shouldn't promote themselves in a certain way yeah thoughts yeah um so they are no experience necessary. Like, that's true. There are people in DZAC that never danced before DZAC. That doesn't mean bad anybody can get it. No, <laughs> no, nobody's a bad dancer. That's a lot. Actually, um, no, you're, no, okay. If you just have confidence and have fun, then you're a good dancer. Exactly, because I, I don't mean. want to, yeah. I look like a fool on nights out. I think socially, socially dance however you want, but in that type of setting, there's bad dancers. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, it's like anything else. Like, it's a specific skill that you, like, need to work on to get better. So, yeah. like, even, like, the people <laughs> who join and are beginners or, like, anybody who joins, like, you get a lot better over the course of your time. So, no experience necessary doesn't mean like n- no cuts you yeah, know? It, um, yeah. there are cuts um I, I will say i think what's cool is that there's a lot of opportunities to try out dance at princeton without being in one of these groups um if you so choose so if that's something that you want to try or like work on work on your craft or whatever um like i'll just speak in terms of dziac in particular like we offer like workshops um you can take classes um there's co-curricular programs and then you can also take dance classes like academically there's a lot of groups on campus that don't make cuts um so if you like really you know want experience you can join other groups um so i think there are a lot of ways to to dance on campus um even if you've never done it before and try it out and get better and and the other thing i would say is like from my experience like if you don't make it like try again if you care about it exactly um so we give up too easy i agree i agree and um yeah that's quite that, that makes it even just hearing you put it that way makes sense because like you said just because it's no experience necessary you're gonna have a lot more people try out thick than there are spots for, for sure. so naturally people are gonna get cut and naturally it makes sense that if someone's been dancing all their lives they're more likely to make it than you doesn't mean that the group isn't actually no experience necessary it's just that when it's you and you, you and one other person going for the same spot and they have that much more experience it's going to come through and that's going to be the reason that they make the team. So yeah. And that's another thing I've realized about tire confessions. A lot of the gripes on there, I don't know how valid they are. I'm sorry. No, I, I, yeah, I have to find it like a little, cause also there was like some unkind stuff about, uh, about DZ act like during our show week. And I'm like, what kind of person is going on the internet and writing anonymously mean things about a dance group? It's like, weird. Or about an eating club or about men, men. Most of the things on them, like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, it, I mean, I, some, of them, some of them might be legitimate for sure. I just, I don't really understand. Like, especially in the case of the things that people were saying about Tziak, like, hey, like, you have no idea how hard everybody in the company was working, particularly the officers, particularly, like, the core, to put that show together and for you to just, like, go on the internet and, like, be a dick. I was like, that's actually appalling. But the one really nice thing about it that I will say is that other dance groups, like, people in other dance groups sort of, like, came to our defense. And, defense. Oh, and I, I do think, like, actually, yeah, together. the, da- the right. dance community, it's a, it's a powerful uh, thing at Princeton, so I have a lot of love for, you know, everybody in the dance community. And that actually transitions perfectly into another question that I was going to ask you about. And so... 
when you put on a production, a dance show, you do what, one each semester, so yeah. two a year? Yeah. And so you do all this preparation for four performances, five, five performances. And there's something about that that I appreciate. Yeah. I've never been in a group like that or in a, an activity like that where you're doing that much prep just to do something five times. Because like I said, play sports. Sports, you have 20, 25 game seasons. Sure. You're just, there's a lot of opportunities to, uh, right. to, to show off your skill set, do whatever it is that you're doing. But when you're doing something like a play, a musical, or a dance group, you prep for so long to put something together for five shows over three, four days. Yeah. And that is it. And then it's on to the next one. Yeah. And I appreciate that. That I just appreciate that that simple fact. Is that, um, how, how do I phrase this question? <laughs> I, di- I didn't, I don't even know if I had a question with that. But is that, is that something that appeals to you about dancing? Would yeah. you say you preferred it to be that way rather than maybe the sports model? Yeah, I like both. I, I like both. And I always did both growing up in some capacity, um, which I liked. So, uh, sports, I just feel like I, I never thought of a sports game as a performance. I, yeah. I'm really competitive. And so I like I liked going out and, you know, playing in a game. Um, but, but the thing about sports is, like, you're constantly building upon your skills. Like, you play a game and then you have the opportunity to adjust, um, to adjust to your opponent, like, whatever, have three more practices and then have another game. I just think it's different. Um, I do like, I do like having a show. Um, it feels, I love being on stage, first of all. It's like, that's a great feeling. Um, and like when my friends come watch, I'm like, oh my God, they love me. They're supporting <laughs> me. So that's a good feeling. Um, and it is like a really cool thing where it's like you're, it's, it's very much like working towards something and then it's over as opposed to like, yeah, sports is much more like steady. Um, so I, I don't know. I like both, but I think there is something really gratifying about knowing like you put in a lot of time and energy behind the scenes to something and then being able to like present it to an audience. It's a different model. And I think the very, and thinking about it, I, I know the, the, the very first time that I noticed or even thought about this concept of you put in so much time for one thing and then you do it and it's over and there's just this bond that you have is Camp Rock. Camp Rock. And, no, let me let me let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. So I, I think there was either either it's the post credit scenes, although I don't think it is, or there's like an extended version where after the movie they show like maybe 10, 15 minutes of just the cast like behind the scenes after they shoot the final shot and yeah. it's like cut and everyone's like crying and everyone there's just so much camaraderie. Yeah. And in that moment I'm like it is very very beautiful and I can see how rewarding it is for a whole group of people to work towards one common goal, yeah. execute it and then just be done. Yeah. Like I appreciate that so much. And even senior year so in high school <clears throat> one thing that a lot of people would do is senior year they would do the school musical yeah and this is people who even had no experience at all like friends on the soccer like everyone would do it yeah and i seriously thought about doing the musical but same time as basketball season right floated the idea by my coach he was like shut up essentially and i was like basically you were trying yeah. to be troy from high school musical and he squashed your dreams and i still maintain to this day to this day yeah that if the production would have been high school musical I'm quitting basketball. I'm doing the show. Wow. To this day, I swear to God, I would have done it. Yeah. I would have done it. But it was, what was the production senior year? I don't even remember. Yeah. But it was just something where, and that was another instance where 
I saw how as a group, everyone who was in the musical, including these people who weren't right. in like the theater community beforehand, yeah. just how so how much they got into it, how much of a bond they had, and just how rewarding it was when they did put on a show. So that's just something that I've always appreciated. Yeah, I love when people work towards a common goal and execute exactly what it is that they want to do. So it's fun. Yeah, I I yeah the dance groups get to do that twice a year. For sure. So I see how the bonds are as strong as as they are. Yeah. I really, yeah, and, I really love DZI people. That's a, yeah. Shout out to DZI. <laughs> um, and how much would you say that it's enhanced your Princeton experience? A lot. Um, I mean, I think especially sophomore year, something that I feel like people don't talk about that much is like, it takes a while also to find your place socially. True. So like, I, I don't know. I feel like I've been friends with lots of different people over the course of, of my time here. And then like freshman year made a lot of amazing friends, but wasn't really like in any like institutionalized groups which I feel like is a big thing you know here that that's a way to meet people it's a way to have like a stable social existence um and DCAC for me was like the first group that I joined um so socially even sophomore year it was like extremely important to me I met some of my favorite favorite Princeton people and best friends um through that group so like I would say almost for me that's like more important because I'm not a super serious dancer. Um, and then just in terms of dance, as I, as I said, I love being on stage. I think it's like a really amazing, amazing thing. And, and I have exposure to really, really talented people um, through this group, which like, even if I don't personally feel like, okay, like dance is my passion or my calling or something I want to do post-grad. It's like, it's really amazing to watch people do their thing. So just even to be like, you know, a, a, not a fly on the wall, I guess I'm like <laughs> a fly in the performance. I don't know, like to be able to participate just a little bit in, in, in those people's artistic vision and and all that good stuff like it's really amazing it makes me feel you know really privileged to, to just be in that space and that is a perfect place to put a pin on the dancing and DCI conversation mm -hmm. and transition us right into our last topic of conversation before we get to the segments and that is yesterday was admissions day yeah um so shout out to the class of 2026 which that number is I know oh my god that number that number is ridiculous <laughs> yeah. like how are there 2026 like when were they born I don't like 2004 oh Jesus Christ I think that's absurd yeah so um and so along with that Princeton admitted everyone in the class of 2006 and this is the first year that they did not reveal the acceptance rate um why do you think this is yeah I honestly have a lot of thoughts on how toxic the college process is. And I, we talked about, this is yeah. a podcast. Okay, perfect out. place to air that. Um, we talked about this, I feel like, a, a tiny bit when we were talking about Orange Key. But I, I do feel like that space gives me a lot of exposure to this issue and just, like, how crazy um, it makes people. Not like they're being crazy, but, like, it's an upsetting process to go mm -hmm. through sometimes. Um, I think it's good not to not to release the numbers. Um, I, I have to reflect on that a little bit more. But my knee-jerk reaction is that it's a good thing. I think like the process has gotten so crazy and then like the way that we think about the process has also gotten so crazy where people really do like attach their self-worth to the places that they get into school and this whole culture of you know lower and lower acceptance rates and people applying to more schools and like U.S. news whatever the ranking is that we're number one in every year like obviously when that comes out I'm like yay Princeton but like also that doesn't mean that Princeton is the best school for everybody it doesn't mean that you'll have a bad life if you don't go here it doesn't mean that you couldn't be happy somewhere else um, and I just feel like this whole culture of like dream schools and low acceptance rates and people getting their feelings hurt like it's gotten really out of control and so I think like I, this is not going to fix it you know like Princeton not releasing our acceptance rate um is not going to be the thing that makes this process be less crazy. But I, I think it's a step in the right direction. So I feel good about it. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's some things that I agree with and don't agree with. I, 
the the reason that I saw that they did it is because they wanted to reduce anxiety yeah. for students who are applying because they're saying that if someone sees the acceptance the acceptance rate is three point five percent, which is so low, they might not necessarily want to apply. Um, and I don't know. I think for some people, they see that it's like that makes me want to apply that much more. Right. So if I get it. I could say I got into a place that has a 3.5% right. acceptance rate. So I see both sides of the coin. Yeah. But I do agree that overall there's there the, the the whole process and the, I don't even know what the word is, like the, the way we put some schools on this yeah. pedestal and exactly what you're saying about how it's like, oh, they, they make it seem like if you don't get to these Ivy Leagues or wherever else, your life is completely ruined. Not necessarily the case. Definitely I don't not. I don't I don't know how it is that we we streamline the process to make it something that's people feel more comfortable with. So yeah. I mean it's more equitable because again, I don't even think it's a very equal process at all. It's, it's not. it really isn't. Like I took SAT classes, went to very good public. Like there right. all these things that very much so benefit benefited me. Um, people say things like having parents who went here makes Absolutely. it more of an advantage. So there's all these ways that the level field isn't necessarily equal. But I don't I don't know how you how you fix that. But I don't think that hiding the acceptance rate is how you do it. Yeah, I, I feel like Princeton is sometimes sometimes big on symbolic change. I don't know if that's you know un, uncouth to say, but like yeah. I, I do think Princeton oftentimes like will recognize a problem and do something that like looks good mm-hmm. in an op-ed, yeah. but like is not necessarily actually changing. Actually, going to so, change anything? Yeah, because, I, I do. I do recognize that. As I said, I mean, like hiding the acceptance rate, like it's. It's superficial. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, low-key, that might just drive it down more. Maybe. Because I it's guess more. Uh, yeah, exa- exactly. Who knows how this is going to change anything? But I don't know if it's going to solve the problems of anxiety when you're applying to college. Because it's, ex- it's just an anxious process. Yeah. It's something that's going to be stressful every single year. Um, is something as small as it's going to make that big of a difference? Yeah, why not? I don't know. Yeah. I probably don't know. Um, and so, just... We don't even have to focus as as much as that as much on that, but I want to focus more on the bright side of things and just getting into college, which yeah. is just a very cool feeling. I remember my first acceptance was to the University of Pittsburgh, yeah, and I made sure to visit because I was like, "Y'all are the first ones who let me know yeah. I got a home for the next four years, yeah. wherever it's going to be." Um, your college application process, you're getting into Princeton. What what what's that story? Uh, it's kind of boring. I mean, I applied <laughs> early and I. And I got in. So I didn't uh, apply okay. to a lot of colleges. I visited Ooh, a lot of colleges. I know. Boring. That is And also, boring. like, I do want to, like, we've talked about this, but, like, I do, like, my parents went here. Like, mm-hmm. and that definitely, it affected the way that I viewed the school and also, like, definitely gave me an advantage. And so I want to, like, say that up front, you yeah. know, be really transparent about that. Um, I visited a lot of schools. I really loved Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been a really good place for me, actually. I love Princeton. I don't regret anything, but um, I really loved Brown. I really liked Bowdoin. Um, I knew I wanted to go probably somewhere in the Northeast, sort of my natural habitat. Um, but I ended up applying to Princeton early uh, for a bunch of reasons. Um, I also applied to the University of Virginia because mm-hmm. I wanted to apply to like a state school because Princeton does the restrictive early action thing. Um, but actually their acceptances didn't come until, or their decisions didn't come until like about a month after Princeton. So I ended up rescinding my application um, because once I got into Princeton, I knew I wanted to come here. Um, it was stressful though. It was for sure stressful. Um, my senior fall was like a really tumultuous time at my school. There was a lot going on, you know, outside the college process. And then obviously having all of your friends be really wrapped up in that um, was a stressful time. So I got an email a week before 
the decisions came out being like, this is when the decisions will come out. And I remember like falling on the floor when I got that email. Cause I was like, it's too soon. I wasn't supposed to get it now. Um, and then that whole next week I was really stressed. Uh, and then the night before the decisions came out, I had eight consecutive dreams in which I got rejected. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's crazy. I know I kept like the eight nights leading up. No, no. Like the one night I would have the dream. I would like wake up in a cold sweat. Oh, I would like Jesus. go back to sleep and have the same dream again. It was psychotic. It was crazy. Um, and then that day, obviously, was pretty stressed. Um, and then went ended up going to my advisor's office uh, when the decisions were actually meant to come out. I think it was like 3 p.m. So at the end of the school day, because I wanted to be alone. Uh, she was in there with me, though, my advisor uh, in high school. I was really close with her. Uh, got the email, like saw the tiger and the congratulations, burst into tears, didn't Aww. say anything. And my advisor was like, happy tears are sad tears. Happy tears are sad tears. <laughs> and I was like, I got it, um, which was exciting. And then I had to go play in a basketball game right Ooh. after. Did you drop 30? Uh, no. So I'm getting there. So I don't, I don't remember how I played over the course of the game, but it was like my basketball team in high school was really bad, but it was a team like we could have won, like we could have beat. And right at the end of the game, it was super close. I think we were like down two points. I had the ball. I turned it over and like they scored and like they won. And I was like, I felt so responsible. Like my coach was kind of crazy. Um, he definitely won't listen to this. It's fine. (laughs) And then like after the game, like he was really upset. And then I, was like basically blamed myself for losing the game. And I hadn't seen, like my parents, I called my parents after I got in, but I hadn't seen them and they both, they both came to the game. And so I like went out uh, of the locker room after the game and I started crying again, but out of sadness because I was really upset about the what game. And my mom literally like grabbed my shoulders and she was like, shut the fuck up. She was like, stop crying. This is crazy. You just got into college. This basketball game doesn't matter. And I was like, okay. Um, so that was exciting. But then honestly, like many of my friends didn't know where they were going until like April. And so I feel like I was like, I was excited, but it was like, it was a simmering excitement because I was like, I don't really feel like I'm done until all my friends are done um and all my friends ended up really happy like some of them actually transferred after freshman year like the whole thing you know people go through their own process but all my friends from high school ended up really happy actually all of them are graduating this year which is crazy too so i'm proud of them too shout Shout out out to to those ladies send send them the podcast yeah i will i totally will it was a crazy time that was actually that was a good story said it wasn't a good story that was a pretty well no but the process was just kind of boring but yeah the actual and also like nothing about the story is actually good it was just me being dramatic at every step of the way but you you told the story really well which which is all that matters i mean my mind wasn't as exciting either yeah i just remember i applied to a bunch of i for whatever reason i was like i don't i don't even know there was literally no reason for this i was like i'm not applying early anywhere fair i don't i I mean if you don't like know then don't do it and it's not even that because i didn't get them in on time my parents are shout out to my parents (laughs) <laughs> they made me apply like the second stuff came out oh wow the application opened i didn't apply the day of my dad got so mad so like i'm gonna take away your car take away your phone I was like, relax <laughs> did you say Do- cars car I'm, I'm, yeah, take, i don't know why i said cars i'm gonna say keys like car keys yeah, yeah. Like, i'm you. taking away your phone take away your car like insanity and so i was applied everywhere yeah. by like a week after everything opened wow. but i still applied just regular yeah. and i applied to like 11 schools Damn. um so just waited it out so i will say when everyone got their early acceptances and my school is a very competitive high school right. public school kids got into really good schools there are a few princeton acceptances i was like did i make a mistake yeah i'm sweating a little bit did yeah. i make a mistake and again you want to be happy for your friends and right. every happy for everyone but you're like 
naturally you're going to be like worried about yourself. So right. I was like, ah, are those all the Princeton spots that are gone? Right. And then fast forward, um, the day that all the Ivy decisions, decisions came out, pretty sure they came out later in the night. It was like 6 p.m. Yeah. My parents were in Nigeria. I was alone at home. Oh, damn. And then I was just like going through them one at a time. Yeah. Penn waitlisted, Harvard rejected, Columbia rejected. Princeton was the last one I opened. At that oh, point, wow. I was like, Sad. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. Exactly. Because naturally anything you put effort towards you Absolutely. want to get so you will be sad if you don't get it so I, yeah i was sad and then i opened it and i was like ah, sigh of relief yeah called the parents i'm in phone so down exciting that was it yeah so yeah it was a, it was a really good feeling yeah for sure and it's crazy that it is like a life-changing moment it's like corny I mean, yeah. it's pretty life-changing definitely changes the trajectory of your life not to say that honestly going to college itself is life-changing yeah not, and also not it's that just it's like it's change going. it's not like yeah. better or worse change like oh my life's gonna be so much different yeah. like in a better way it's just exactly like, it's just different ob- places ob- you go it'll, objectively yeah. going to college is life-changing yeah not a controversial statement Absolutely. to say um but li- wow long episode okay. an hour 15 no, <laughs> no, 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 we're good um so we've done an hour 15 minutes and we can now get to oh i was gonna oh i lied i lied um two perfect way to actually end that little segment um as you said orange key you mentioned this earlier that one of the reasons you did it is because you're able to explain why you love Princeton so much and really understand it and so i think this is a perfect way to 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 end this topic with this new accepted class class of 2026 just speak on why exactly it is that you love princeton as much as you do um okay what do I want to say? I think I think one thing that I always say on my tours, which I really believe that I appreciate so much about Princeton, is that people here are really different from one another. Like people come from really different backgrounds. They're interested in different things. I think well, my friends like from high school or whatever, are like what type of person goes to Princeton? I'm like all, all the types, you know, like it, it, it attracts many different types of people. But I think there's like something that brings people together, which is that. Well, A, it's just, like, good to be exposed to different types of people. But B, like, I think most people here, regardless of what their interests are, are interested in something. Um, So, like, people are, you know, they're invested in in what they care about. They're enthusiastic. They're curious. Um, And I find that really cool because, you know, like, what I do for school is I read big books and libraries by myself and that's what I like to do. And then I have friends who are, like, in labs building robots or friends who are doing neuroscience research and all of the above. Um, And I think that's really amazing because it's like, we don't necessarily have to have the same interests for me to appreciate that you are enthusiastic about what you care about. So I think that's really cool. I think it attracts a certain type of person that's like really invested and curious and enthusiastic, as I said, uh, regardless of background, which is really cool. Um, And then I think the other thing is like, there are just so many opportunities here. Um, And I think even like the gap here and the pandemic and everything sort of helped me gain some perspective on this, that like college it's four years of your life. It's pretty short. Um, you can do a lot of things with your time. You can choose to like drink beer every day and like, listen, drink, drink <laughs> a little in college. You should like, that's part of the experience, but there's so much that you can do with your time. And so again, sort of depending on what you are interested in and what you want to do, Princeton is just a place, you know, whatever qualms that I may have with it, that offers immense opportunity 
uh, for lots of different things. So to the point about, you know, being busy and being in lots of extracurriculars, like I don't care about my like resume saying that I coached youth basketball team. I really don't. I don't think employers care about that either. That's why I didn't have my podcast on the resume. No, exactly. Um, but there are just, there's so, so many things that you can take advantage of if you take the time to be deliberate about it um, and, and recognize that this place is like, it's one big opportunity and, and you can really make it your own, which is incredible. So very, very, very well said. Thanks. And yeah. Why do I love Princeton? You didn't ask, but I'm... No, I want to know. Also, it's, like, almost better for you to answer this question because it's, like, bookend reflection, you know? Yeah, and it's funny because I don't... It's not even something that I've thought of. So, just on the spot, what okay, it is go, that I it. love about Princeton. Cop-out answer. Not, not cop-out, but partly similar to what you said. The people. Yeah. The people make any place great. Right. Princeton as an institution is nothing without its people. And the students especially... Because I don't think I've been able to form that many bonds with alumni, faculty, whatever. Yeah. So I really care about the people, my peers, and there's just so many special people here. Again, what you said, everyone's motivated, everyone's so driven. Love that it's such a work hard, play hard atmosphere. Yeah. Because like you said, drink beer. I don't, people drink beer every day, still get better grades than me, still do all the extra curriculum. Sure. You can do it all here. And I've seen it happen. I yeah. see it happen constantly. Yeah. I love how dedicated people are to their craft. I'm basically saying everything you said, but it, I guess. No, it's, I mean, it, I'm, I feel validated by that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, just the passion that people have for everything that they do. Um, I was going to say the opportunity. I'm, I could, yeah. <laughs> It's, but it, it makes sense. The opportunities that you get, the stuff that I've been able to do with each summer has been amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just a great place. Everywhere has their problems, For obviously. Sure. People like to harp on the problems anywhere. But when you really sit down and look at it, this place has a lot to offer. Yeah. has a lot of great people to offer. And when you make up your mind that you want to make the best out of your experience rather totally. than complaining about every small fucking problem, I think you can have a phenomenal time yeah. here, which is why I think I've had a great four years. Don't think there's much I would do differently. Very happy with where I am at this very moment as I'm speaking to you on April 1st, 2022. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a decision that at this point in time, I'm happy that I came here because freshman year, Wanted to go to Duke the whole time. I yeah. was like, fuck, I should be in Durham right now in Cameron Indoor doing all that, but no. Yeah, camping Princeton, out to get camping your Camping out to get my tickets, but no. Definitely, definitely glad that I came here. Good. Very rewarding experience, and again, I think it's four years that sets you up for the next 40. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will bring it to the song segment okay. where I ask the guests to come with five songs that describe who they think they are as a per or five songs that describe who they are as a person, leave it up to interpretation. Yesterday, you told me that you had an initial list of 30, which is just insane. It was 35. 35. I went through all my Spotify. So this is a good um, window into how my brain works. I went through all my Spotify songs. Wow. And then I chose like, yeah, 35 or 40. The thing that I struggled with was like, it, this is not my favorite songs. It's like songs that describe me. So I was like, how do I disaggregate those things? So I, I chose five. I'm going to say these are five that could describe me. Okay. I, I don't I don't feel good about like committing to like the five. But I mean, okay. yeah, and there's no way that five songs describe anyone. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the first one I chose is Liability by Lord. I love that song. Because? It's really sad. Um Yeah, I'm going to ask for a reason. Uh, yeah, for okay, one. cool. <laughs> I, and I'll, I do feel the need to explain myself. I, um... That song is about a girl who people think is too much. <laughs> 
And I have had experiences in my life where I've gotten messaging around that. Um, but I think, like, the ultimate message of the song is that, like, she's not too much for herself. Um, and so, like, despite, you know, what other people may tell you about the way you choose to comport yourself or how you are in the world, like, ultimately, you know, you can you can be your own best friend and your cheerleader. So it is it is a really sad song, but I, I do relate to it, I will say. Song okay, so number that's two. One. Song number two is You're My Home by Billy Joel. Uh, that was my parents' wedding song. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I really love that song. At the Hunt School of Princeton. At the Hunt School of Princeton, indeed. Um, I look up to my parents a lot. I really love that song. I think it's beautiful. Um, School and Life by Beyonce on, on a happier note. Do I even know? I don't even know if I know that You should song. look it up. It's awesome. I, I chose, I was like, I, there's a lot of Beyonce songs I, I want to include. I don't even know School and Life. School and Life is like an aspiration for me. It's like just about killing it, you know? So I don't know if I'm killing it, but I'd like to. So I like to listen to that song to, to hype me up. Um, Yes, I'm Changing by Tame Impala. I feel like that one just kind of explains itself. It's like... You know, giving your, giving yourself some grace and like allowing yourself time to to grow and change. And the last one is Good Vibrations by the Beach Good Boys. Good Vibrations, yeah. <laughs> it's a sweet sensation. Yeah, that's so, okay, okay, <laughs> It's just a nice song. Good vibes. You feel, I don't you know. Good Again, vibrations. sort of aspirational, but I like that one too. Fair enough. Solid list of five. And I'm Thank so you. I'm gonna off air because again, it's been a long time. Yeah. I need the I need the rest of the thirty five. Okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> um. Uh, and uh, oh last segment i almost forgot like what's the last i was looking at the beyonce song i forgot <laughs> oh it's school lane life i looked up school and life no school schooling, schooling but okay. it's just schooling okay yeah. uh, school ah uh, yeah apostrophe easy ah, so cool easy. um okay uh tiger confession segment okay first one it says <clears throat> oh god I'm a third year who finally gave up their friends because they just wouldn't reciprocate the same energy. I also needed my closest friend to talk to and for support, but they just waved me off. I get we have busy schedules, but I rarely ask for support from anyone. Is it too late for me to make new friends? Go talk. Yeah, yeah, you okay. just, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, of course not. First of all, I think there's a very delicate balance, I will say, between having conver tough conversations with people that are important to you about like, you're not giving me what I need. Um, and then choosing to abandon a toxic friendship. So first of all, if that person got to a point in those friendships where they really felt like, you know, they were putting in more than they were receiving and it wasn't worth it anymore. I think in some ways it's really brave, uh, to cut people out of your life that are not the best. Uh, it's definitely not too late to make friends. I think especially like in the pandemic, um, if you're a third year, so that's my year. But that means like your freshman year, you got sent home. Basically, I think especially in the pandemic, but also during any time, people find friends at all different times in Princeton. I have found people that are really important to me at every stage. Um, so it's definitely not too late. Put yourself out there. Find what you deserve. Uh, there are really amazing people here. So yeah. you can and do it. And this is a this is a nice little throwback to to honestly the first the first few episodes of tired confessions i saw every question was like friendship problems yeah. and i haven't seen a good friendship one in a while yeah. not good it's in like no good, but I like guess juicy juicy exactly yeah. and so it's a nice little little throwback for but sure exactly like you said not too late to make new friends as we both just said i'm a senior and i said i've made so many new friends this year absolutely you have also um just you could never put yourself out there enough and you will find your group of people who will reciprocate your energy. It is frustrating when people don't. Even myself this year especially, there are some individuals that I've been like, hey, yeah. friendship, the, the energy is not being reciprocated the way that I would like. And I don't know what this means, but, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. So I think that is something that everyone goes through. You can't. It's impossible for everyone to meet you where you are. Yeah. And sometimes that can be sad and frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, also, I will say, last thing, 
that you don't need a million friends. <laughs> so it's nice. I think college is cool because you can have like really rich social networks. But like at the end of the day, if you have like one, two, three people you can really, really rely on, that's more than enough. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So never stop putting yourself out there. Sorry you had to cut off your friends, but your perfect group of people, your foundational group of prince and friends like Izzy has. <laughs> your Rachel, they're, Chloe, and Emily yeah, are out they're, there. They're out there. <laughs> um, okay, and then the second one, which again is a nice little on theme for a new class of 2026. What is the best class you've taken at Princeton slash best professor and why? Oh, man, this is hard. Okay, I, I hate picking superlatives, if you couldn't tell from the song thing, so I'm just going <laughs> to say one class that okay. made a big impact on me. Um, so the first philosophy class I ever took was spring of my spring of my freshman year. Um, I took it because my older brother really wanted to take it, and it was our last chance to take a class together. Um, it was a German philosophy class called Margins of the Enlightenment, and there were only five people in the class. So wow. me, my brother, three other people, <laughs> and the professor, uh, which was a trip. My brother's also like classic like just to play devil's advocate and so the other people in the class like hated him and i was like cool 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 how am i gonna have them not hate me but also like yeah it was a whole thing um i don't know if that class is offered anymore but the reason that i mention it is because prior to taking that class i thought i might major in one of like 20 things but philosophy was not on my radar and that class was actually what sort of like changed my trajectory and got me interested in philosophy which is obviously now my major which i love i think it's like one of the best things that's ever happened to me um so i i mentioned the class specifically because i think it's really important to keep an open mind about what you're going to study um and like let things inspire you you know <laughs> yeah gotcha um and even my answer the, the way i wrote this question down and didn't think of an answer which is it's a hard no, question it's better to think of it on the spot though yeah whatever what first it, comes to yeah, mind which is exactly why i don't prep anyone for the interviews no, or for, like the, for the podcast yeah. um actually one that i've actually do speak about quite a lot simple class intro class social psychology mm. social psych i Loved that class for multiple reasons. One, that was my first non-pre-med semester where actually every class I took that semester I really enjoyed, but I started looking at school a different way yeah. and actually trying to enjoy and learn from my classes rather than imagine. just... <laughs> imagine. <laughs> rather than just doing things because I was trying to get a certain GPA and a certain grade and go to medical school. Right. And that class especially... It was one where a lot of the stuff that we were learning, I felt was very applicable to just daily life, which again, social psychology. Yeah. For example, um, I talk about relationships yeah. and whether it's a myth that um, opposites attract, mm -hmm. and it is, they really don't. Um, and just learning about how they were t our, our professor talked about how the way people usually get together is like constant exposure to people who are close to you, yeah. which is why college campus, so many relationships. Yeah when you're in New York City, whoever lives on your block, just those little things. So just yeah. learning little things, it's like, ah, this is why this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. So I really like that class. I feel like every single lecture, I was like, I see how this applies to life. Um, and, and do you feel like you actively took those things and allowed them to influence your life or more like you just passively noticed them in your life now? Notice them. I'm not going to say that I'm trying to alter anything because yeah. of what i learned just more noticing they're like ah this is why this person is acting this way this yeah. is why i made that decision so not letting myself change the way i act just realizing why it is exactly that yeah. i do what i do that's cool yeah and with that being said we've done an <laughs> hour and 30 minutes which this is by far the longest episode but i will say very truly one of the favorite one of my favorite episodes that i've done Aww. and i will say in prepping for this episode i was like hmm I was struggling to come up with specific topics, but I knew that I wanted you on for a reason, and that's because you're so easy to talk to. Thank you. And I know that we could just go on and on. We could probably do another 30 minutes. But we won't. We, but we won't. won't. <laughs> David, don't worry. We're going to let you go. But yes, I was like, okay, I don't 
because I was like, I don't have the specific topics, but I just know it's going to be a good fucking episode. And it was. And that's just a testament to you. Great person. Phenomenal friend. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Do you have any final words for the people? Honestly, I think I got it all out there. (laughs) I just want to say thank you for having me and thank you to David. Yes, definitely. Thank you, David. You're the best. Thank you for coming on. Also, no final words. Congrats to the class of 2026. Princeton is a great place. Let yourself enjoy it. Um, And this has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Thank you for listening.